0: For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast
1: Network. Good day and welcome to another spine-meltingly good episode of the For Your Reconsideration film podcast, where we take an old banger, check it for rough spots, and see if there's any miles left on the tank. I'm Rob and here are Simon and James. How are you, gents? Hi. No impressions this week, Rob. Oh. Nope. <laughs> We're playing it straight this week, boys.
0: And I'm a little bit disappointed that I've had to stop obsessively washing my hands every 30 seconds to do this podcast.
1: Are you singing the national anthem while doing so?
0: <laughs> is, that, is that the technique? Apparently. I heard yeah. it was ha- happy birthday twice, was the.
2: <laughs> yeah. I saw someone on Twitter saying like, because that song's so boring, here are some songs what are the same length. And it was like the chorus to like, Raspberry Beret
1: by Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, now that, that person is providing a public service. Exactly. <laughs> that is helpful. Yeah. We know this is three men, but you know, like in, when you go to the toilets in a pub, the amount of men that don't wash their hands oh, with yeah, the yeah, 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 is a total disgrace. It's atrocious.
0: That's why they don't have nuts on the bar anymore in pubs. Really? Because people can't be trusted not to put their... Piss drenched hands and
1: <laughs> bored, what is communal wrong with nuts? people? What is <laughs> wrong
2: with people? Just wash your hands. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah, I saw this again. Someone saying like, "Hang on, this is a thing that men don't wash their hands," and it's like. Yeah, men are disgusting.
1: Like, of course they don't. Can we just say, not all men. Not all men. Not not all are Because I wash my hands all the time. I I do now. I'm very happy to (laughs) to sing Raspberry Beret while I'm doing so. (laughs) What weird, like, literally tonight, just before the pod now, in the gents, guy comes in and just, you know... Smashes it up at the urinal, just walks straight out. Well, he didn't even cursorily press the tap, so it made the sound. There's a pandemic it, on the loose, man. What's wrong with these people? Oh, dear. That's yeah, a nice topical corona. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's not date the podcast. Don't date yeah. the podcast. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, yeah, how are you, boys? You okay? You are surviving the international pandemic at the moment? Do, yes. Yes, I've got incredibly clean hands. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, yeah. Smooth as silk. (laughs) My skin is
2: starting to resemble
0: the villain in tonight's film. (laughs) Scrubbing that
3: hard.
1: (laughs) You're scrubbing with like a what's it called? A a steel brush from the sink. (laughs) Yeah, I mean uh, to be honest, it's one of those things. Every time someone coughs, it's oh, Corona, 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 Corona. Absolutely not. Did you read that worldwide sales of Corona have dropped because yeah. people are but, retarded? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the the company's lost 132 million
0: dollars. Yeah. They need a new Fast and the Furious movie pronto. <laughs> Dominic Toretto loves a Corona.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, can you imagine in the next one like uh, you give me a Corona non-virus edition. You know? <laughs> <laughs> edition? special edition (laughs) contains (laughs) COVID-19 ah
0: dear what have you guys been watching this week Oh, I think me and Simon maybe saw the same film this week. Oh,
2: we did on the same night as well. I
0: believe we James. did, yeah. Uh, but I, in different parts. Did of the you guys go
2: without me, you swine? No,
0: no. I went. I went up here, up north. Simon went down south. Yeah. We both had
2: horrible audience members, though. Yeah, but I, it was so weird. I expected it came out on Friday, didn't it? Yeah. I yeah. expected to, uh, you know, I was like, we got to get there because really, it's a general admission. Yeah. Did we say it was the Invisible Man? I don't know if we did. No, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh sorry, yeah, we did. It, oh,
1: did we just say that? Anyway. Yeah, it was yeah. the invisible intro.
2: <laughs> but yes, it was the yeah. invisible man. Um, I went to the Genesis again, so you know the one who confiscated oh yeah. two sweets last
1: time. <laughs> yeah, the sheriff of Nottingham of cinemas.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I I wised up this time. I I kept my Fredo in my pocket, and they didn't <laughs> didn't check, so I managed to have my Freddo. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It's really really good. Yeah,
0: it's 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 well. Good. Yeah,
2: did you both enjoy it? Yeah,
0: oh, it's it's really really good. So I never thought that that uh, scrawny guy with the dodgy American accent in the first saw would end up being one of my go-to directors as we moved <laughs> into, the, uh, into the 2020s. But he's he's really, really good behind the camera. He really knows what he's yeah. doing. Oh, cool. And um, cool. yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant psychological horror thriller. And Elizabeth Moss is amazing in it. She's really, really
1: good. She's always amazing, isn't she? Yeah.
2: Yeah, she's great. It, it was really good because it was like, Felt like a film from the 90s, like yeah. a Julia Roberts type Yes, yeah,
0: Sleeping with the Enemy, that type thing. Sleeping with the Enemy, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
2: it was, it was kind of like that. Then it was kind of like a horror film. And then it was all modern day as well. I, I thought it was ace. I thought it was oh, really, really, cool. really good. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. I did... Poop my pants as well. It was terrible. <laughs> it was really scary. Yeah, I had a great moment. There was
0: this guy in the cinema who was like just giving it a running commentary all the way through. And there's a really, really shocking moment at the halfway mark in a in a restaurant, which I'm not. Uh, I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give anything further away. And everyone in our cinema gasped. And this guy, looked at me and him, locked eyes. Went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that sounds amazing. He was absolutely breaking it. Yeah, it was oh, really. I really
1: good. want to see. Really- Really, really want to see.
0: Really fun, and you know, given as well, like it's got serious subject matter, but it still remains entertaining. Yeah, it's a good time at the movies, but also deals quite sensitively with uh, you know, with the topics of domestic abuse and PTSD. So it's it's really well done.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's right. awesome. I love that. Um, Elizabeth Moss, uh, obviously, lovely loads of stuff, but um, Top of the Lake, I thought it was amazing. I absolutely loved. That I've series. never seen Top of the Lake. It's no, well no, the New Zealand one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it New Zealand? Wait, so have I seen? I've seen something you guys haven't seen.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've never seen I, it. I started to watch it. No. I never got uh, to the end of it. So yes, Rob, that you have yeah, yes! seen something yes! you have not seen. Um, Really, really
1: good, really good. But
0: uh, she had a supporting role in Us last year, which was another uh, Blumhouse horror. Oh she yeah, was yeah, really, really good in that. And obviously, mad uh, as Peggy in Mad Men,
1: she's absolutely brilliant, superb. So. Mitch, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: superb. Yeah. superb. Blumhouse owning it at the minute, aren't they? they? They are just home run after home run. Yeah.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, does that cover you
2: both? Anything else? To uh, add? Yeah, I think so. I've got something else that I wanted Ooh, to shout yes, out. Yes. So um,
0: I watched Hustlers from last year, so I'm still catching oh. up on 2019. So Hustlers is the true crime film about a gang of strippers who take advantage of some rich assholes (laughs) after the financial crash in 2008. Cool. Um, Now, before anyone calls me a pervert, I watched it with my wife. I wasn't just sat in the dark, like, with my hands down trousers. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really good. And J-Lo, much like the marks in the movie, was robbed. She should have got an Oscar nomination. Oh, seriously? Yeah, she's so good. Mm. She's so good in the film. It's ridiculous. Heck. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's a really good film. It's a good like uh, crime story. Excellent. Nice, it. nice.
2: True story as well, isn't true it? Story, Is it yeah, true story, yeah, allegedly.
1: Apparently, I don't know. Excellent, excellent. I've actually seen three things this week that oh I can talk God. about. Give over. Oh, yes. Uh, one of them's a repeat. I watched E.T. again with the children, obviously, <laughs> and it let me in on the sort of like, I think that might be John Williams's finest score. It's a good one. Good one for sure. Could well be. But I've never seen like a score match what's on the screen quite so well. It's absolutely brilliant. Anyway, I also watched The Windsors on Netflix. You know, the TV show the about the royal family? With Harry Enfield? Yeah, yeah. Is um, it any good? I've, I've looked at it. It looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched episode one and it did make me laugh. You know, the, oh, the yeah, elusive yeah. laugh out loud that we all say lol. But we, you know, do you actually lol? Um, I did a few actual genuine lols during Mm. this. So, yeah, it was very funny, actually. And to be honest, it's just nice to see Harry Enfield again. I love that fella so much. There are certain, like, actors in it and
2: actresses in it who are really, really funny. Like, Morgana Robinson's in it, isn't she? She's Pippa. Yeah. And then Hugh Skinner as well is Prince Wills. It's, funny. it's just.
1: It is funny. Uh, seriously, it it is is funny. it's so worth, It's worth checking out. <laughs> yeah, it, it it has its moments, definitely. Oh, have you seen it as well, mate? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really, really. Like, oh, some of it is out. very, very funny. Yeah, I think it that's. Is, I think say, saying that that you know it has its moments. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually really nicely filmed and edited because it's got even in that sense it it's ramping up the comedy. You know, uh, so it is very, very fun, yeah, actually. It is fun. And then I rounded off last week with um, the 2009 Emma Roberts vehicle Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no need for the laughter, gents. Not <laughs> not entirely necessary. Um, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. And I cried at the end. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. Uh they it's about um It's about a hotel for dogs, we know. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, basically, yes. Can I give you can I give you a, a spoiler? Can I give you a spoiler? I assume you're not gonna race off to yeah, watch this. Yeah, I'm never so... gonna watch it. So yeah, I'm never gonna watch this right, one. Excellent, excellent, right, okay. <laughs> so um Emma Roberts and her brother, I can't remember who plays her brother, uh, you know, um oh they've been bouncing between foster families forever and they find it really hard to house them both because one is sixteen and one's eleven. And you know, they're at disparate ends of the pubic scale, if that's the <laughs> that's right. true. Not the right thing to say. <laughs> Is that not right? You know. Pubic skull. <laughs> but once a lot, ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One's got other concerns, the other's got other concerns. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> right, so. Um, yeah, they, they um end up looking after some dogs in a hotel and um Don Cheadle is their like their liaison with the family services. And at the end of the film, you know, he he's so upset with them, you know, and he finds them so hard to deal with. But by the end of the film, he says to them you know, after at the sort of like the end coder, he turns to them both and says Uh, We found you, your, you know, your forever family. We found them, you know. Um, I hope you don't mind that the dad is, you know, difficult and whatever. I hope you don't mind that the dad barbecues in his flip-flops or whatever. His wife comes over and says, you know, it's us. You know, and I just like, and my daughter said to me, what are you doing? what are you doing like, it's just nice isn't it it's just it's just nice <laughs> yeah it's lovely really hit me in the feels that well one. that is a ringing
0: endorsement for
1: 2009's hotel for dogs yeah so, yeah
2: I'm still not gonna watch
1: it right well, no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I I probably won't either because well I know what emotional damage it might do so you know we can't <laughs> risk it again can we yeah um Say si, it is your pick this week. It is. And it is. Um, a little birdie tells me that you've got a burning question for us Yes,
2: all. I do. I think because James uh, took the lead last week and asked a question on his film, I was like, yeah, I should probably do that as well. Instead of leaving it up to you, Rob, all the work. Rob, do everything. Like, no, no. <laughs> it's a bit harsh you to, do, to you do everything. But yes, tonight's film features a quite uh, marvellous space vessel mm. called the Icarus Two. So I wanted to pose to you, gents, a very basic question because I'm a basic man. <laughs> um, what would be your most iconic spaceship in
1: a movie? I love that question. Yeah.
2: So I think the correct
0: answer, in my opinion, is the Nostromo from a- uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, which is Aww. very much the inspiration for tonight's film, I believe. Yes. Yes, is, I is, yes. Uh, You know, it's just so chunky and it's got that 8-bit feel to it from the you know, from the 70s and what have you. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason that I, I really like the Nostromo is I've got a little quick anecdote, if you don't mind. Ooh. So uh, at my wedding, which you two were both at, we named our tables at our wedding breakfast after famous movie locations. So we had like a Jurassic Park table, we had a pizza planet for the kids, etc. But there was a Nostromo table where we shoved some of our less popular guests. <laughs> 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 uh, theory being, <laughs> and very much in keeping with the tagline for the <laughs> iconic <laughs> film Alien, at the back of the room, no one can hear you talk. So- <laughs> <laughs> say, say. I'm sure I was on yeah,
1: that table. were. we on that table? I know exactly who was on that table. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Um, I like it. We've we've sort of we've drifted <laughs> slightly back into FYR dirty laundry territory again. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh as a as a fan of you know like um alien aliens in pop culture, you know, or like enjoying that as a topic, I suppose. I love this question so much. Firstly, can I just get out of the way that you know when you say the word Icarus, I cannot get out of my head and I can't in my own head get away from toby stevens in die 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 another day going icarus locks on to the heat signature <laughs> <laughs> yeah good you're very good at the impressions you're off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's lovely lovely yeah independence day love that spaceship sense of scale yeah. is oh, absolutely unbearable totally forgot massive. about. how can
2: i forget about independence day that was the I think that was the biggest film of my life yeah, in terms of like massive... you know, when it came out,
1: what a fan yeah, it yeah, was yeah, when that yeah. came out. It really was. Um, I, um, I'm i a very big fan of the traditional flying saucer aesthetic. So the rendition of them in Mars Attacks was absolutely amazing. It's <laughs> you know, sort of really cartoonish, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. that Martian dude from the Warner Brothers cartoons. Um, <laughs> a big, big nod to Flight of the Navigator and that kind of, It was like a chrome teardrop with sort of like ridges around the side. Absolutely brilliant. An honourable mention for E.T.'s sort of like kiddie disco ball that was put together with glue and (laughs) bits of
2: rubbish.
1: So, yeah, all those really, really sit there. But also Arrival surely counts, doesn't it? Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Oh, the big pebbles. Yeah, the great big pebbles.
1: Yeah, anything that does something either a really loving version of a tried-and-tested trope or something totally different. Yamo be there, as uh, James Ingram famously said to Michael McDonald. I thought that, yeah, I thought, I was going to say, wasn't that Michael McDonald? No, it uh, it was, but I preferred his way of saying,
3: Yamo be there.
1: (laughs) What about you, Sai? Have you got uh, anything sticks
2: in your craw? Uh, As you say, James, Alien was an inspiration for tonight's movie. Um, And another inspiration for tonight's movie, Event Horizon. Oh, Oh, The Event Horizon ship. I think the design of that is so good. It's got the big, massive front of it, and then it's got the big, long walkway, and then the engine at the back. Yeah, I love that. That's really, really good. But then uh, also, cheating a bit, it's not really from a film. Um, but Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Red Dwarf is as much as part of my childhood as Big Trouble in Little China is. Yeah, I had those on VHS recorded from the telly and I watched them series one to six on loop so often. Like, yeah. oh God, love that programme. And then another one, uh, I, you know, if we're doing an honourable mention, Tom Cruise's little bubble ship in Oblivion. Oh, mm-hmm. not seen. Not really a spaceship because I don't think it could be space. It's more of a space. <laughs> More of a futuristic flying blob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. That, yeah, really, really cool. Nice. And a film what potentially could go on this pod? I that is a right? stay tuned for this pod. No. I really like that film. I really want to see it. I've already
0: had a little check into it, and it does qualify. So, ooh, it? <laughs> <Ooh. Ooh. laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Ooh. Oh, any excuse for cruise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Adorable. I love it. Uh, can I just throw in, please, Just uh, I know I've gone to town on this one and I've said way too much and I've hogged it, but um, the Star Destroyer in uh, Star Wars is ace. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, they open, really is the opening ace, shot. Is... And the Millennium Falcon yeah. as well. Yeah, there's all the other good ones. There's loads of good ones in that franchise, obviously. But I particularly love the Star Destroyer because, you know, when it was a great big fat model, I mean, it looked like a horrid big thing that was being forced into your abdomen and up your nose and all. It was (laughs) just amazing. I love that thing. A lovely discussion, boys. As always. It warms the cockles of your soul. But it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is your Pixie. Sorry, I'm just washing my hands. Oh, yeah, sorry. Have <laughs> we got a hand wash break? Yeah, sorry. Let me just get the alcohol yeah. gel.
3: Raspberry Beret. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what have you got, sir? Ah,
2: yes. So uh, the year is 2057. The sun is dying, and a group of astronauts, counting Captain America and Tommy Shelby amongst their number, are tasked with reigniting the dying star to save humanity. Uh, this is... 2007's Alex Garland penned and Danny Boyle directed Sunshine
3: Our sun is dying Mankind faces extinction 16 months ago I, Robert Kappa and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter Our mission Reignite the sun before it's too late Welcome to Icarus 2 and it's a particularly beautiful day you'll know we made it
0: sunshine (laughs)
1: Honestly, <laughs> James, I'm glad you did it, because I was going to not... I've got to get off It's sunshine! Oh, so nice. think I've had to rip my larynx by doing it. Um, do they have still have coronavirus in 2057? That's the big question. <laughs> it's the least of their concerns. <laughs> <laughs> right, it really is, really is. Uh, so, si, why did you uh, why did you pick sunshine? As sure as uh, most
2: of our listeners know, all... Ten of them <laughs> uh, we all met at uh, university on a on a film course yeah, we did during that time, I felt the need to get a subscription to sight and sound the the bFI's film magazine, just to be like extra wanky and <laughs> uh, go even further up my own ass, which is what film students did and they did a, a set on onset feature uh of this film Sunshine, and I had no idea what it was um just read this it was like a five page sort of centerfold thing and then I saw the cast involved and the talent involved behind the camera Danny Boyle and Alex Garland teaming up for the third time I think it was after 28 days later and the beach yeah and then the fact it was like a not too distant future sci-fi space exploration movie which is like one of my favorite genres (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 2001 and Alien being like amongst my favourite films of all time. And I honestly, I I read that article and I was like, I am in for this movie. So I saw it on release day. I think I went on my own to watch it at the cinema. And I just absolutely loved it. I just really, really loved it. I definitely remember at the time, not many people going to see it, which which hopefully James will sort of confirm shortly when he talks about box office. (laughs) But it seems to be one of those movies that, um, you know, like Quick and the Dead last week, it's just faded over the years, mm. like the sun in the movie itself. <laughs> um, Life imitating art. Yes, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hear it talked about. I, no one references it when they're talking about sci-fi movies. It's not on any. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon I Brand. found that weird, man. To actually. stream this is. Yeah. Um, I I just feel it's
1: one of those movies what's just fallen off yeah. and just kind of been lost over time. I'm amazed that um, it's not on film four kind of every weekend. You know, I mean, it's right in their sort of wheelhouse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really is. Yeah, surprising. Um, uh, can I just get that out of the way, Simon? You were not one of those people who had, um, was it? Uh, the expression is navel gazing, but you you refer to rectal gazing, self rectal. You were not one of those people. So uh, let's get that out of the way. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that the three of us got on because we used to laugh at those people who were kind of <laughs> yes, no, doing that is true. That. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, and we loved any kind of movie, didn't we? We weren't. We weren't um, like that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: as proven as as proven by the choices on this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that
1: yeah. I think that yeah confirms us. We're off the hook.
2: Um, what about imagine showing those to. A- <laughs> who's the head of our course. You can't name-check the head
1: of the course. (laughs) Is that time for another bleep? Should we have another bleep? You know, the only two bleeps on the podcast were the (laughs) C-bomb and the name of our course. You know, the name of the course administrator.
2: So, our course administrator, uh, I remember having an argument with her about the merits of Die (laughs) Hard. It's the funniest
1: thing I've ever seen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) In a seminar... And uh, she was trying to say Die Hard wasn't a good movie. I was like, Angerbow, yeah, of course it's a good movie. You know, it
1: was funny. Who's who's now? You know, one of the hosts of the FYR Film Podcast, and who, yeah, is no longer relevant.
2: <laughs> you were going to say no longer with us, <laughs> <laughs> all right?
1: All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's outrageous. We're taking a dark turn tonight already. <laughs> um, so, when was the last time you watched it then, Si? um the cinema i don't i, oh, I, seriously? Yeah, I yeah.
2: rewatched it yeah yeah oh cool cool yeah just I, I think i may have watched it on i never bought it on blu-ray or
1: dvd or anything so maybe i'm part of the problem you are part but, of uh... the problem <laughs> <laughs> what about you james when did you um last see it or have you seen it before
0: yeah i have i saw it at the cinema as well as a huge danny boyle fan i was straight in line for this one i think i went with my girlfriend at the time i can't remember she didn't like it so that relationship (laughs) 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 binned off Uh, it wasn't because of that (laughs) it
3: was
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, I loved it from then unlike Simon who claims he enjoys this film I do own it (laughs) unbelievable I only buy. I only usually buy films I haven't seen. I don't, I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, so I was uh, very excited to revisit this again. I, I like doing ones that I really like and that I've seen multiple times because I don't have to make any notes when I'm watching them. I can
1: just enjoy yeah. them.
0: Uh, so yeah. I've seen this film a lot of times.
1: Yeah, cool. I um, went to the cinema. I own it on DVD. But because I uh, remember visually it being extremely striking, I decided to rent it on Amazon Prime HD. So, uh, yeah, I have seen it a number of times, uh, saw it in the cinema. Struck me, every actually every time it struck me in a different way, uh, in which we'll talk about in the uh, moments to come. But yeah, it was a pleasure to be reunited with it this week. And considering that it must qualify, which I'm about to ask you both about, very glad to talk about it. So, James, budget and box office. How are we doing here? Yeah, so it was
0: it was a little bit uh, difficult to land on specific numbers for this one. So technically, it's Fox Searchlight, but it's technically a British movie. So budget estimations are in sterling, but grosses are in dollars, and oh, the calculations well. uh... were far too much work for my tiny little brain. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly, the budget is forty million dollars. And it pulled in 32 million worldwide, which is not good. And no. only 3 million in the US. What? So uh, they're coming off the back of uh, 28 Days Later, which was a bit of a sleeper hit years before. And um, yeah, this just did nothing when it came out. Did absolutely nothing. Oh, man. Made about 6 million in the UK, which I don't know if that's good or not, to be perfectly honest. No, I, I don't
1: know. Yeah. We have a qualification here. Um, that's a Tony Yeboah barring in, that one. Um, uh, Sai, what about the critical reception? How do we do? Uh, well, I'm glad James uh, made it qualify
2: and not... Well, James, you didn't personally make it qualify. Yeah, I didn't bomb it in the box office. <laughs> I went, I did my bit. I started out the cinemas going, don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite varied, you know, and, and you know we'll get into it in a bit, but... Uh, if we're going off our Rotten Tomatoes metric 76% on the critic scale and 73% on the audience scale when i initially searched this to um get the scores down they were a lot higher because I missearched for the 1999 movie Sunshine, (laughs) not this one, which, incidentally, uh, Mark Strong was also in. (laughs) So you were on the right lines. Metacritic, it's 64 for critics and 7.4 for audience. So again, quite similar, you know, you're sort of like three, four star zone. But Letterboxd, it gets interesting, because I think this is the highest one we've had. Maybe with the exception of Dead Man's Shoes, I'm pretty sure Dead Man's Shoes is probably the highest one we've ever had. Three point six, which is quite high for for us on the rarefied air.
0: Is that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, over the last few weeks, I've sort of when I've been looking at the reviews and sort of noticed the disparity between America and Britain in terms of how films are reviewed. This one is an absolute belter for that. So in America, it was very very mixed. It got very very micked. (laughs) Show
1: <laughs> oh, is that a, a reference to our, our what, true one
2: love, our resident unofficial uh patron of the <laughs> podcast? Man, uh, man. Yeah, Mick LaSalle, yes. did review this. And this is the guy who gave click five stars, <laughs> he gave this film one star. What, <laughs> yeah, he hated it, he absolutely <laughs> hated it. Mick says, It lacks even a single moment of charm or interest. The story details are impenetrable, and the characters are indistinct and laughable. The filmmaking style couldn't be more unappealing if it were designed to put off audiences. The overall effect is the creation of something truly unbearable. And the curious thing is that this unbearableness is apparent from the very first portentous voiceover 30 seconds into the film. Wow! <laughs> so, whoa! Tell us what you really think, Mick. Flipping hell! You know. <laughs> I,
0: I couldn't disagree with every point that he's made there more, to be perfectly <sighs> honest. like I get, I get what he's saying about the tone, but it's not like that's not intentional. But the rest of it, like, dissing the score, some of the music
1: in this is I, incredible. How, I, yeah, yeah. James, I'm totally with you here. This is That's an outrageous... I mean, that's almost worth... Uh, that's a fine of a week's wages from the Fyr <laughs> podcast, that. He must have just been having a bad day or something. Yeah, someone like cut him up on the freeway going yeah, over yeah. to the
2: cinema and he, someone spilled his coffee on him. Uh, and McDonald's has stopped serving breakfast. He, so he, he heard Click was burger. delayed by
1: five years.
2: <laughs> Ebert liked it, Ebert gave it three out of four. We we talked to Ebert quite oh, a bit. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So we talk of Ebert quite a bit, not to Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for the Halloween
1: special. Get the oh, well, where we speak to <laughs> and Roger Ebert from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta beat the name again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not grab Derek Akora while we're at it? You know, he could conduct and be a host. <laughs> <laughs> God rest all their souls. Yeah. not
0: Derek Akori. He can fuck
1: right. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> why did why why did he never contact a ghost that had something like chronic dysentery? You know, why did that never happen? You know, he was always like, "Oh, I'm in pain. I'm in pain." You know, like <laughs> I can't keep my ass shut. <laughs> 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 why did it never happen? Like, yeah. One might be fooled for thinking <laughs> that he was making it up, but who knows?
0: You know? oh, <laughs> no, he had special powers. He could talk to
1: those He could talk to grave. Beyond the
2: grave. Ah, me ass! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, pretty wide. Well, I'll, 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 I'm taking too long on this. I'll go quicker, probably. <laughs> Pete Bradshaw gave it 4 out of 5 in The Guardian. Ollie Richards in Empire gave it 4 out of 5. BBC Film Four and the Times all gave it four as well. So it was viewed way more favourably in Britain than it was in America.
0: Well, Danny Boyle's a bit of a favourite son, isn't he, among he the political fraternity yeah. in this country. He he's one of our he's well, he's a national treasure these days, isn't he, after doing the uh twenty twelve Olympics, Olympics oh, opening ceremony? So. <laughs> yeah. Which was massive. Plus the Oscars and, so and you know, good. all the iconic films that he made back in the nineties and two thousand. Can I
1: can I can I make a confession? Yes. Don't like him. No, I was there in person at the 2012 opening ceremony. Oh, ooh, lovely. It was outrageous. I, honestly, um, yeah.
2: How did you wank that? Who
1: did you suck off to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was incredibly vulgar. No, it's okay. I love that, you know, like, not who, whose. Oh, oh. Uh, no, I was I was very lucky. Do you know who I saw in the toilets? Downstairs. Danny Boyle? No, no. (laughs) Jackie Chan in a white tracksuit. He was just at the urinal yeah just lost it like he just got a like a, a, a ticket from a tout like Jack, jackie what's <laughs> happened mate I, i'm worried about you, you know? why are you in here with the scum <laughs> <laughs> but no when that music hit i mean the music for the opening ceremony was unbelievable oh, but was amazing, the yeah. whole thing like i've never seen like you know we're lucky enough occasionally to you know like whenever we've been to the theater or anything i'm talking about not me as a family but like us in general, the three of us, yeah, you know, yeah. like this was just next level entertainment that I've never oh, known anything great. like. It was, it was, it was, it was probably the last yeah.
0: time I felt really proud to be British.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I, I, do you think perhaps that? The reason that British critics responded better to it was because, overall, the film has quite a nihilistic tone. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most pessimistic films. Yeah. Yeah. Ever made like and and that doesn't sit well with American audiences a lot yeah. of the time. I don't feel uh, massive respect and love to our American listeners. Yeah.
0: But it's, you know you're
1: absolutely right. You, you know the
0: um, I think the natural vibe for Britain as a uh, as a country is always quite. Sardonic and pessimistic and cynical about the world, and I think this is quite a cynical film,
1: yes, definitely. (laughs) So, so to counter, not counteract that, but uh, to act as an interesting um, addition to that comment, is that isn't it interesting that soon to be megastar Chris Evans is in this as one of the main roles?
2: Yes, Mm, Yes. yeah, American actor
1: Chris Evans, obviously, Captain America himself,
2: yeah, not not radio, not virgin radio DJ Chris (laughs) Evans. (laughs) Providing the morning entertainment for the astronauts.
1: (laughs) Don't worry, you're still going to die. Here's the Bee Gees.
3: (laughs) The Flickering Myth Podcast is a source for all of the weekly entertainment news that we could possibly be bothered to talk about. Tune in every Tuesday for a roundtable discussion featuring a host of Flickering Myth writers and contributors. You can find us on all your favourite podcatchers as well as right here at flickeringmyth.com, part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network.
1: So, should we should we hop into the film itself? Oh yes, let's. And just as Mick LaSalle pointed out to his distaste, uh, it starts primarily with a voiceover.
2: Yes, mm. from old Blue Eyes himself. <laughs> uh. Gorgeous Killian Murphy, who's very much the lead in this film, isn't he? Very Coming much Coming so. off uh, 28 days later, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's he's more famous now, though, isn't he? Would you say? Yes. Yeah, like, give it. Um,
0: like, I don't know how well Peaky Blinders travels outside of the UK, but that show is ridiculously popular in this country. Yeah. yeah. And scallies don't...
2: love it, though, don't they? Oh,
0: everybody. That's, yeah, that's yeah. What... <laughs> it transcends everything. <laughs>
1: Uh, he's not interested in aging at all, is he, Killian Murphy? No, he no. looks exactly, exactly the same. same. Totally
2: refused to age. He's a handsome yeah. man. My my <laughs> missus uh, has a very thick, big thing for Killian Murphy, <laughs> and his lovely blue eyes and cheekbones. And I'm like, I've got blue eyes, but I've got no cheekbones. So I'm like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, love. J- uh, yeah. Say, si- si,
1: should we? You know, as a mate, should we do him? So me and James, me and <laughs> James will do him in. Should we do him?
0: <laughs> no, he'll have razor blades in his cap, and he'll do us <laughs> like.
1: Right, I don't want to, no, no, I don't want any of that. I, I rescind the offer. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's got he's he's got a gravitas, hasn't he? He's he's yeah, a he's, he's a great, genuine, yeah. excellent actor, isn't he? He really, really is. And he's he's
2: playing an American in this, isn't he? So yeah, he's yeah. the scientist who has developed this nuclear bomb. So the the sun is dying out, yeah. Um, and it's a, had an adverse effect on the rest of the universe and the the temperatures in Earth have plummeted and he has devised this nuclear bomb, which they keep referring to as a payload. Mm. They say it quite a lot. The word payload comes up a hell of a lot in this film. Yeah, yeah. The mission is to take this to the sun, chuck it in the middle of it, and it's the power of a nuclear bomb the size of Manhattan, is it, what they say? Yeah, yeah.
0: And the idea is it will create a new star inside the dying star and sort of reignite the sun, Yeah, basically.
2: Yeah, so he is the uh, the the nerd of the bunch, isn't he? Well, they're all <laughs> nerds, aren't they? To be fair, they're all <laughs> science folk. <laughs> so uh, I get Chris Evans is uh, his character's called Mace. Yeah. he he's an engineer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got a botanist who deals with the oxygen garden, played by Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's a nerd. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got um, Benny Wong. Is is he the what is he? The astrophysicist, he's a math- or yeah. He's yeah, a mathematician,
0: yeah. astrophysicist, yeah. Trey is a
2: character, isn't he? He's a nerd. <laughs> Who else? Uh, then you've got, he's, I, I honestly, I just, so there's eight, there's eight crew members, yeah. Isn't there. Cliff you've Curtis got Harvey, the comms
0: officer, you've got, um. What's the captain's there? You've got the captain, oh, whose name escapes me. Now.
2: Hiroyuka Sanada, who plays Sonata Kaneda. Kaneda. Yeah, yes,
0: Kaneda, yes, that's how Kaneda's there. Captain Canada is brilliant. Uh, Cliff Curtis. Is the on psych.
1: I, honestly, I adore Cliff Curtis. Absolutely adore that Oh, he's so good in this movie.
2: It's obviously intentional, isn't it? But the the cast is so like international. Yeah, it? I yes. it. So they, yeah, yeah.
1: I love that. I, I do love that. The idea that uh, like a multicultural uh, trip will save humanity.
0: Well, the thing is, as well, like it it makes sense, as well, doesn't it? Because this isn't a problem for an individual country. This is a problem yeah, yeah. for the whole species on the planet, isn't it? Yeah. So there would be international cooperation. One would be sending your best and brightest up there, which I would argue, maybe they were on the Icarus 1, because we've got to say as well at the outset, this is the Icarus 2, isn't it? This is the second. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the best eight were on the first ship, (laughs) right? Because this lot, if this is the best, then just switch the last one out, turn the lights off, because (laughs) the amount of baffling decisions made by incredibly intelligent people (laughs) during this film is
1: ridiculous. (laughs) Very, very good point. <laughs> yeah, essentially, um, as is noted in the in the uh, voiceover, that they're a bunch of astronauts strapped to the back of a bomb, yeah, essentially. And um, as a, and if you put it like that, astronauts strapped to the back of a giant bomb traveling through space to reignite the sun to save humanity, as yeah. high concepts go, can you get higher than that?
0: It's so compelling, and like Mick really really has yeah. a problem with the voiceover at the start. It literally God, all, all it right. does is the voiceover is set up the concept of the film in yeah. five
1: seconds, and it's like, right, I'm in.
0: Like, I, let's honestly, go, I, I'm thinking but... Mick,
1: Mick needs a two week suspension here. I'm not having this from Mick. You know. <laughs> I think we'll take this to board level. How is level. it
0: portentous? Is that what? I don't get what's portentous about it. It's a tiny bit of voiceover. Yeah. It,
1: did is he it have the, a problem with the, the delivery? At the
0: start of Terminator Two as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's explaining what would be twenty minutes of movie and five 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 seconds, and yeah. lots
1: of <laughs> lots of really horrid exposition scenes of. What do you mean the payload can't get it? Yeah, the payload, the the giant bomb the size of Manhattan we're yeah. taking towards the sun. Why are we taking it to the sun to reignite it? Do you not remember? It would be stupid.
0: And the thing is, it gets it it. it, um, it solves an issue that you sometimes have in space exploration films is that basically you have a situation whereby the astronauts know what they're doing but and the characters know what they're doing but the audience doesn't and in order to get around the idea of these highly trained highly intelligent people explaining what is going on and asking each other questions that wouldn't happen so just by having that quick snappy voiceover at the start, which sets up the whole concept of the film, you're in then, and then you don't have the weird scenes of Killian Murphy explaining to the other highly educated people who are on the ship with him what their actual mission is. It's just yeah. it, it's succinct because like snappy storytelling. It is and like bosh, mo-
1: months and months into that mission. Why would you be reiterating yourself? I know. There's yeah, there's no other been purpose. Going for six years no other way to at
0: that stage. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Six years flipping out. So there's no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we open with um, well, gradually the reveal of the ship and it's dead cool. All in reflection. The ship design yeah. is oh, it's Ace a with that great ship, big reflector it? on the front. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Mm.
2: Yeah, so when I was talking about the onset thing I read in Sight and Sound, one of the things was about how they had to work out how to explain that a ship could get so close to the sun and not just burn up. Alex Garland, who who wrote this film, it it wasn't based on a book, was it? No, it was it's in the original Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was like, "There is a certain amount of you know you do. There is a certain leap of faith you have to take with it, but like, I don't care about stuff like it's that. It's fine. Well, they, no, they've explained it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Who's
1: to say it can't be done? Who's to
2: say? There's, mo-
0: there's movie logic in there, but you also have to take into account, and there is apparently a commentary on the uh, on the disc. Uh, so the technical advisor for the film is one uh, is astrophysicist uh, Brian Cox." Yeah. Not the guy from Succession, actual Brian Cox, former keyboardist yeah, yeah, yeah. of D-Ream. So billions who's also... <laughs> and
2: billions and billions of stars.
0: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, so, you know, and they worked closely with him. So he went, yeah, that'll work. Like, do that. Like, you know, you have to make some leaps in order for it to work as a film. Yeah, it has had a well-known physicist sort of put it through the ringer.
1: Yeah. Well, he's arguably the most the most well known physicist in this country for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah,
2: and the most handsome. Sheesh, <laughs> sheesh. And also another Mancunian
1: connection there. Exactly. As well, yeah, didn't... yeah.
2: University yeah. of Manchester, isn't it? Lovely.
0: And if the physics goes down the pan, he's got a brilliant future in Marco in tribute acts moving forward. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
2: Let it shine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does a a lend of credibility, though, him being there and being involved, for sure. Yep. I love also that in this sequence, though, the, the notion that the sun is unbe- unbelievably powerful is really well executed. Yep. So much so that I feel like um, you've got the eight on the ship. You've got Icarus as the voice as well. And that's nine characters. Yep. Ten characters is obviously, spoiler alert, pinbacker. And yep. I think the sun is number eleven. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like the sun is the
0: is the antagonist of the yeah. film until yeah. until a certain crazy Dutch
1: person turns up. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> he's supposed to be
0: Dutch or Scandinavian, isn't he?
1: <laughs> he's having a great time. Whoever he is. He is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and they've got this um this room on the ship where you can go in there and you can experience like degrees of the sun, can't you? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and and reduce the filters there to experience like raw sunlight, and they portray it a bit like, like crack, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, basically, yeah. yeah, 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 and Cliff Curtis is clearly an addict. He's clearly struggling with this notion of yep. letting it go. So Cliff Curtis' character, Searle, who
2: is the the psych on the ship, um, he has a massive boner for the sun, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> true story. Because a true there's story.
0: this whole uh, uh, undercurrent running through the film that perhaps within the sun is the... Because it, the film comes from an atheistic, scientific viewpoint from the most part but then underneath running as this undercurrent and this is when we get to pinbacker later on is that within the sun is perhaps the meaning of everything and if you look too closely into the sun or at least this is my reading of it is that you can see god and then with the uh, isolation of space as well like so there's this whole uh dynamic of god versus science going through mm. the whole film yeah oh, totally. definitely, yeah definitely
1: definitely yeah. and it poses all those questions in quite. Um... Provocative terms. You know, it does yes. get you thinking. It does make you think, all of this kind of stuff. How... Right, I didn't think that the ship looked dated in any way. No, I think the CG really holds up quite and really well does, in yes. this,
0: considering that it's not really the biggest does. budget in the world either, and they use it so sparingly, and there is
1: a lot of practical in there, there as well. There is a lot. Lots of practical, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so
2: I noticed like there's loads of practical, and a lot of the sort of visual stuff... Um, editing wise is a it, it seems to be a lot in camera as well yeah yeah and um, and there's a lot of like obscuring things and like a weird way to it uses music and sound effects and fancy lenses on cameras to sort of have these really uh unique effects going on yeah yeah which aren't achieved through vfx and then the vfx they do have i mean the sun in itself which I read was like, they, they got one posthouse to do the whole yeah, they did. yeah for yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it ended up costing, making it
2: go for about $5 million over budget. To be- yeah, <laughs> um and that's why it took so long post-wise, because that's the reason they farm it out to different post posthouses so they can do loads of stuff at once. Yeah, um, so a year in Boyle post, wanted, I
3: believe.
0: Yeah, Boyle wanted complete control over the visual effects. Yeah. And obviously having come off given these body of work up until that point, I mean, this is even before he's won an Oscar and he's still one of the most respected directors working. Yeah. He sort of earned that autonomy given that the, so the the funding for this film is quite interesting. So Fox Searchlight is obviously, or was the independent branch of Fox overall in the U S now they didn't fund the whole thing. So it's DNA productions. They, they got the money, half the budget from elsewhere, um, BFI threw in some money you know so it's it allowed them the autonomy to go away and sort of make the film that they wanted to make which is then when it's when the film does run into some problems uh, to, in the third act is quite, I thought that was studio interference but it doesn't seem to have been oh. the case so the Icarus 2 is on its way uh, to the sun and as they get uh, as they're nearing their destination they get a distress signal as these things tend to go and they decide to investigate said distress signal because it's from the Icarus 1 they decide to deviate from their original plan because the idea being that if they can pilot the Icarus 2 then they'll have two opportunities to put the uh, the nuclear bomb uh, the payload into yeah. the uh, into the sun yes and these guys have clearly not seen Event Horizon or any, <laughs> or any sci-fi film. Ever. Alex Garland saw Event Horizon. He certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> you do not answer under any circumstances a distress signal in deep space. You just don't do it. It never ends well. No,
1: no. Um, what does he think? What do they think is happening? On that cruise, one. It, I mean, if you really have to do something with that distress signal noise, what you do is you sample it, split it up, and make it into a percussion in a beat for everyone <laughs> yeah. to enjoy on the ship. That's what <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. You do not go anywhere near it. This moment's
2: great because it really um, sets out the characters and who there are yeah, in yeah, particular, yeah. Mace, yeah. who is a bit of a dickhead. Love him, but he, he's the most sensible person. Yeah, and that's why he comes across as a dickhead because yeah. he takes emotion out of every decision he makes and he's just like no we can't do this this is yeah. absolutely stupid We've he's got making the tough decision.
1: To he's massively selfless he's selfless yeah nice. yeah i love him chris evans is great in this he movie. really I think is this, actually i really like he
2: him. D- i watched this film and then i thought chris evans was definitely on my radar then because i think he's yeah. a very very good actor yeah. and because he he looks like this classic hollywood movie star yeah sort of like brad pitt was i guess he gets sort of seen as this just pretty boy actor who's just there to fill a screen. He's a very good actor. Yeah, yeah. And in this film, Mace as a character, this film is about him and Kappa, yeah. who is Killian um, Murphy. Yeah. And that's what this film is. It's like Kappa, who is a emotional person who thinks about people's feelings and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got Mace, who is just very matter of fact and yeah. there's no there's no grey area with him. It's like right decision. This is the right decision. This is what we need to do. And that's why they, they're the big confrontation between them two, like this whole film. Yeah. 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 And basically every time that Kappa
0: makes a decision it turns out to be the wrong one, because he makes the decision that I would probably make. And if I'm agreeing with his decision, it's probably the wrong one, because I am not <laughs> a scientist. Right? So he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have two, two last hopes instead of one. Sound logic when you think about it, but as soon as they deviate, then everything starts to go wrong. So Benedict Wong is on the maths, He messes it up, not because he gets his maths wrong, just because there's one little thing that he didn't think about and that absolutely messes up the shields, which means that Kappa and the captain have to go out and fix some issue that has uh, occurred because of the change in trajectory. And then we get this incredible sequence of them Flying out in these oh, gold encrusted so um, space suits, <laughs> yeah, and fixing <laughs> these panels behind the massive shield as they try and do it in a race against time before the sun it's really good. comes up over the it's lip really of it. Good. Oh,
1: it's so good! Uh, sorry, can I just add? We've not mentioned at this point returning alumni, Rose Byrne. Oh, of course, welcome back, Rose Byrne. What was Rose burning? Uh. Knowledge, not knowledge. What am I talking about? Knowing. Oh, I was, I was. You weren't on it, mate. Of, for, forgive him for not knowing. Yeah, yeah. For God's back, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> knowledge, <laughs> knowledge.
2: That would have been a more catchy title. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, coming this summer in
1: Knowledge.
0: <laughs> Nicholas Cage has knowledge. <laughs> oh.
1: Just a minute. Let me get some notes down here for a screenplay, dead quick. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they have this brilliant um, sequence outside. Um, Yeah. Kameda's death is amazing. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, Music and Cliff Curtis going in his ear. So what do you see? What do you
3: see? What can you
0: see? What can you see? And then it's it's just setting up this, because we know what's coming later on when they get to the Icarus 1. This fascination with what's possibly inside of the sun. Yes. Whether God actually resides in there. And that's a whole thing running through there. And uh yeah, so they've so unfortunately Kanada has to sacrifice himself to save the mission and the rest of the crew thanks to uh Benedict Wong's terrible maths that have <laughs> absolutely fucked up for everyone. Uh, he's sedated and thrown into isolation because he's on suicide watch. And then they make their way to the Icarus one, which is not in great shape. No. To be perfectly
1: honest by yeah. the time they get there. As R and B singer Joe might have put, it's seen Better days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the the, the, uh, the the garden's blown up as well, isn't it? Cause it, it is not it Because So they have a garden on board to maintain the level of oxygen, which yeah. I think is brilliant. It's a great yeah. idea, yeah.
0: But that's destroyed by the fire when Kanada is, is killed. And then at this stage, it sets up the lack of oxygen sort of ticking time it bomb. Does, yes, it uh, does, it uh, does, yeah. Which is a great little addition because now some real moralistic questions are going to come it in is. now what i really like about this film what's running under it is they're on a mission to save humanity but they have to claw tooth and nail to keep hold of their own throughout so it becomes yeah. very clear yeah that
1: that's a great way of describing this yeah
0: because of the lack of oxygen there's only going to be enough on board to support 3 or 4 of the crew mm-hmm. so they got they have to start seriously considering if they're going to bump people off so that they can yeah. actually complete the mission Uh, So that's introduced at that point. You'd have to do
1: that, though, wouldn't you? You know, if the humanity is at stake. Yeah. They say, actually say that, is one life worth more than the human race? Yeah. And there's that brilliant line that um, Chris Evans delivers, you know, when talking about the idea of them not getting home, and he's absolutely steadfast in the mission takes precedent. And he says, so cancel the ticker tape parade. Yes, exactly. It's such, that it's like, his whole character is just in one for me there.
0: Yeah, definitely. They get onto the Icarus one, and it's very dusty. No one's had a clean for a while, and they find <laughs> that all the all the the remaining. Uh... All they the,
2: ran out of Lemon Pledge. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> no Lemon Pledge.
0: All the crew have been blasted to death by the sun and uh, Pinbacker has left, who was the captain of this particular vessel, has left some rather ominous, uh, ominous messages for them. And he then more stuff starts going wrong. So well, the,
1: but air blo- the airlock blows everything. Who is Pinbacker played by? Mark Strong. Oh. Welcome back Mark to Strong. the podcast. <laughs> Mark Strong. <laughs> Another, Literally. I mean, we're are we getting to a point where we've, what have we done? 30, this is episode 35. The, yes. The alumni, it's like the six degrees. Yeah, they're just getting animals. out of hand. So it's good. great.
2: It's absolutely great. So here, so we've got Roseburn returning, Alex Garland returning. Yes. And Mark Strong returning. Yes. And then there's a lot of noobs. Chris Evans, I think, is a noob. Yeah. 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 Danny Boyle. This would be a first yeah, yeah. Danny Boyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Arguably
1: only. Only trip to.
2: Oh no, I've got one up my sleeve. For oh, me. have you? <laughs>
1: for, uh, me- yeah,
0: for, uh, we'll 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 keep the powder dry on that one. Excellent.
2: Yeah, you you get this message from Mark Strong, and then this is where the God thing comes really strong into it, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Because he's saying they abandoned their mission because it would be betraying God's will, yeah. and that's why they halted the Icarus One's mission. And it it appears that they had like a bit of a group suicide thing by. It looks that way. Being in the in the they're equivalent to the vision deck you get on the Icarus 2, yeah. which um Cliff Curtis's character has a massive erection for. <laughs> and yeah, and then they the, so the airlock breaks and it separates. The two ships separate and they're stranded on the other side, and there's only one Mr. T golden spacesuit left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, going back to Mace being a, the most sensible person gives it to Kappa as much as they hate each other because he's like you're the most you're the only one who knows how to operate the payload this is the key to the mission so you're the one who you know who, oh, who has I the I love hierarchy. him so
1: much love him And so then
2: much. you get absolute knob jockey uh Harvey <laughs> who is the the second in command who is now captain after Canada's death
0: Yeah and he's been a right little bellend he is. <laughs> According to Alex Garland that character is called Harvey uh, and he was named after Harvey Weinstein because he's rude and snappy oh. Attitude. Apparently, Danny Boyle had a few run ins with Mr. Weinstein during uh, the US release of Train Spotting, in which uh, Weinstein wanted to take uh, the scissors to a lot of that film, and they had a lot of massive debates about that. So they just thought, who's the biggest dick in this crew? Oh, it's the Tones <laughs> guy, right? He's called Harvey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: fuck you, That's Weinstein.
1: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
2: We're allowed to say fuck you, Weinstein, now. Yep. Not bad. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm not disagreeing, by the way. It's
2: just yeah, you get the the impression so that you know we we know the ship's been sabotaged now, and we assume it's from um, a crispy Mark Strong, yes, um, <laughs> who's been rocking around the the ship naked and and burnt like a raisin, yeah. And this again, this is another great sequence. So after Canada's death on the on the hull of the ship, yeah, Mace comes up with the idea to put Kappa in the suit, and then yeah. they can open the airlock whilst it's depressurized to then blast them out of the airlock and throw them straight into the tubes. Yeah. yeah, the other crew members wrap themselves up in the insulation of the of the the ship, don't they? So yeah, like they the rip
1: stuff out the water. wall. You know, um, yeah, the, literally the insulation, the wall insulation.
2: This is just genius for me. Yeah, like, it's I, great. I, I, yeah, it's so good. It, it's heroic from Mace. It's. Very tense. Yeah. And then it's heroic from Searle as well because he sacrifices himself because it needs to be operated manually to to open the airlock. So that's another member of the crew down. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing well at getting this oxygen count down. Yeah. So so, so where are we at now? Five. Yeah. And we need three. It's the three you can survive on the oxygen. Uh so they, the so they blow the airlock and they, they fly over and it all goes well. Harvey being the knob he is, he obviously <laughs> flies off because he's a useless knob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He gets a good death though, you know, like it, it very like, good death. Really yeah, good, really, really good good. He gets his time. You know, sometimes uh movie scumbags don't get their you know yeah, right yeah. respect he gets a proper death, this geezer. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. Kappa
2: and Mace fly into the airlock and they're fine. Um Mace has got another case of cold hands. As we see, he's always got cold hands <laughs> yeah, in movie. yeah,
1: movie. Yeah. <laughs> he does the first world's first ever spacewalk without a space suit. Without a yeah, space yeah. suit, yeah. Legend. And he survives, absolutely survives.
2: After Searle finally gets his sexy alone time with the sun yeah. and he can finally die the death he really wants. Oh whoa, he's a, whoa, whoa. He's a, yeah, You must develop really weird kinks in space, <laughs> and his kink was the sun. Um, <laughs> So he finally got that, the the, the big weirdo. Um, and then then they do discover that the airlock was broken off manually to break and they immediately suspect Trey mm. because he's the suicidal one who, who's Benny Wong's character. They all take a vote, don't they? So there's five crew members left and they do need to drop it again. So they all vote to, to kill him, basically, yeah. because they think he's a danger to the rest of them and the mission. Again, it's Mace being the matter-of-fact
1: yeah super pragmatic you know that i mean even how nihilistic that is he's like it's got to be done and i'll do it
2: yeah yeah and he's the one who who offers and you know they do say it has to be unanimous decision and rose burns says i can't let you do it and he's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah she's
0: really great in this moment because she says uh i know you need my vote but but you can't have it Mm. and then when he basically says um That basically makes the indication that he's going to do it anyway because he has to. Yeah. You know, she she looks at him and it's one of the best line deliveries ever, and she just says, "Just find a kindness, like oh, don't make yeah, him." T- yeah. yeah, it's so good. She's really and good this that whole that thing movie. about saving humanity through a through an act of cruelty, yeah, and murder is it's, it's again, it's just so thematically rich.
1: It is, I, mean, isn't I think it? it's yeah. fantastic. It yeah.
2: I just think it's a really like well written movie, and yeah. uh, like character wise, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not many characters, but they're all so well written and all so well rounded. That... They are. Yeah, they're, they're so are. well they defined,
0: are. and I think that's a really important point, Simon. I think when you're dealing with the film where the the big questions are so big in this, and it's dealing with a lot of philosophical and thematic issues, and also the science as well on top of that, to actually, the, it would have been easy for the characters to just be stuck characters to put in as like placeholders for the plot to revolve around but they're not they all have their own traits they all have their own responsibilities within the ship and you know the hierarchy within the crew and it works really really well yeah it does it's unfortunate then that i do not like the pinbacker stuff and i love this movie but it's just a leap too far for me, and I just don't know what happened. So Alex Garland and Danny Boyle did not enjoy working with each other. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. So I think what happened was they there was 35 drafts of this script done over the oh, course great. of its production, which is a lot, uh, considering that they've worked together before. So basically, they knew that they had issues with in the third act, but they could never agree on a solution to resolve them. So I think they ended up coming to a compromise and that's what happens with the pinbacker stuff. So Garland, he did a really in-depth interview with IndieWire where he says, if I'm going to define what the failings of Sunshine are, what I'm going to say is this, it lost track with itself. It veered away sometimes. It had a meaning and it had an argument and it would separate from that to create a quick sort of hit of something. Then it would try to pull itself back the more it tried to do that, the more the elastic started to stretch. So he's not that happy with the final film. No,
1: no, clearly.
0: And a lot of the criticism from the reviews that I read was that it falls apart in the third act when it slowly yes, becomes A very a creature theme, feature. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know whose who whose problem that was. Whether it was whether it was Garland or whether it was Boyle, but. For, I thought this, were, uh, to be honest with you, I remember the pinbacker sequence being longer, mm. but it's actually only about ten minutes, in which it basically becomes Friday the Thirteenth yes. in space,
1: which this film never was before that point. Yeah, it was yeah, never anything like this.
0: And yeah, I just uh, there's a really good video on YouTube of Quentin Tarantino talking about this film and how much he loved it until this point, and then he gets really, really angry with, <laughs> with the third <laughs> with the third act, like to the point of like, like. There was no studio interference. Why did you do this? Why did you allow this to happen? Like, (laughs) like it was a masterpiece until this point. Like, it's absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, So, yeah, and I think for me, the biggest problem I have with the pinbacker stuff is it's too much of a logic leap in terms of he's been cooking slowly on that. On that seven shit. years, isn't yeah. it? For yeah. seven years, right? Now, a friend of mine, uh, he will remain nameless, uh, a friend of mine went on holiday with his family when he was a teenager. And he got really badly sunburned, right? And he was about like, 17 or 18. And he was like basically put in isolation for two weeks when he got back off holiday because his burns were you know, that, that severe from just being on holiday in Spain or whatever. He wasn't allowed to go into a smoky pub. I don't think spending six years on a dusty ass of shit, <laughs> he would have succumbed to to infection years and years before. And it's just too much of a... Have you seen the state of this guy? He's yes, got no yeah. skin at all. It's all been burnt yeah, off. Yeah,
1: um, I think I just... I, I'm cool with the design of the guy. I'm just not cool with the guy. I don't know. I don't really know. He just feels very... Feels like this film's been so original up until yeah. this point,
0: and like everything, all the problems that have occurred have felt like really well thought out and yeah. creative. And I just don't think I think you needed the pinbacker character in terms of what happened to Icarus One. Yeah, but then him still being alive and getting onto the Icarus Two, and then basically becoming alien for ten minutes. It's not mm. necessary because the most interesting
1: yeah. bits of this film are when the the crew are fighting with each other and their, their exactly. internal tur- turmoil as a unit rather yeah. than having an external element messing that up i think like as you were saying about like the main villain of the film being the sun we didn't and need to complicate that yeah. Yeah, yeah we didn't need to complicate
0: that and it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me that that bit at all. Yeah. And it's not that anything of it is badly shot, although I'm not sure about the shaky camera when pinbackers in, in you know he's never in focus or what have you. I don't know if that's a yeah. budgetary reason. Is that to
2: hide like the effect, perhaps? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I I love that in cam stuff and the the different lenses and um, oh yeah. the sound design that yeah. goes with it. Yeah, yeah, I I I'm into all that. I I I really that's yeah. I don't think yeah. any. Of One it of is... the reasons what made it work for me just about. I think cool. Yeah, oh. I think so. It, mine's
0: not from an execution point of view. It's more just from. I just don't think it works for the story. Like because all he do. So Pinbacker gets onto the ship. He slashes at killing Murphy's character. He starts messing around with the ship to try and derail it further. He kills Michelle Yeoh's character. As a swipe at a couple of others. And then that's sort of it. That's all that he does, really. Yeah. That's the only effect that he has. I mean, he's supposed to be there to re- uh, to reflect religious fundamentalism, isn't he? he's, at, yeah. he's, he's, mm. he's, he's He is, you know, his uh, whole thing is that this mission is in the face of God and God has decided that it's time for extinction and that his whole point now is to stop this mission at any cause.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. But then, once we have that 10-minute stretch where he's running around the ship... Then the film recovers and it becomes sunshine again by that point. Like it becomes yeah. what it was had been for the previous ninety minutes before that, and you have this yeah. great sequence where uh, Killian Murphy gets locked in the airlock and he has to make his way into via a spacewalk into the uh, into the payload itself, which is detaching from the rest of the ship. Yeah. And that is an incredible sequence. It's it so is, yeah. well done.
1: It's excellent. Yeah. No. It is. Um, in fact, every. Uh, so much of this film and uh, cuz we're going to we're getting to the end here and I'm going to soon ask for the big question you know for your reconsideration and i can't fault anything at this point i just don't yeah. care for the pinbacker stuff that's it yeah, that's yeah. literally it it just doesn't is literally
0: it. it. that's that's it yeah
1: it's, and it's nothing to do with how the pinbacker stuff is executed it's just the idea it just idea. feels like it's in a different movie yeah it's just like... the whole idea of it against this brilliant sort of cult- claustrophobic movie yeah. um uh, Although it does give rise to that really cool moment with um, Icarus, uh, and Killian yeah. Murphy says, you know, something like, um, four crew members remain, and she, and Icarus responds, no, five. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know, that, that, is is cool. that is a good reveal. That review. is very cool. That is a good yeah. reveal. It is a good reveal.
0: It's almost like it's there, though, because they realise what a cool twist that is. But then yeah. it's like the twist, you know, just having that cool moment is like, Sometimes when I'll write something, I'm like, oh, that's
1: really cool. Like, yeah. That, but then yeah, you yeah. go
0: back through the story and you're like, yeah, but it doesn't work. It's a cool uh, there's moment. There's no reason but... for it to be
1: there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and um, just to, to motor forward, because uh, our runtime is looking pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, well, Killian Murphy guides the big thing into the sun. And... Yeah, yeah. Kaboom. Somehow Pinbacker gets
0: into the payload. I'm, I'm not sure how.
1: No, nice I, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that's done either. Did he follow Rose Byrne in there?
2: I think he did. Possibly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Rose yeah. Byrne is... it Because he was stalking Rose Byrne, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Good old handsome Mace wasn't... Um, he died just because he was saving everyone again.
1: Yeah, obviously.
2: Yeah, he was putting some computers back in the coolant. Yeah, <laughs> so all the power went out and, and Mace mace went to fix it and he had to dive into the coolant and he, 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 he and he died yeah his leg got <laughs> trapped and he died which i read that originally he was supposed to just get frozen in the coolant but daddy boyle was like nah he's too hard for that he needs oh, yeah, the yeah, reason to to actually die so that that's why they put the leg trapping thing in yeah. there i've managed to get a
0: hold of one of the 35 versions of this script so i don't know which uh which draft this is um, but the um, Gage is still alive to, uh, right to, right at the end. He doesn't die in that way in this particular version of the
1: script. Who's this? Sorry, Gage. Who's Gage? Gage, yeah. Mace.
0: Mace. 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 Mace where have I got Gage from. I don't know. Mace, sorry. Ah, uh, cool, yeah, yeah. He's still alive, like, on the second to last page. The script. Oh wow! And he's he's ah. in the payload, and he he kills Pinbacker. Oh, uh,
1: yeet! Um, I'm down with
0: that. I'm down with but that. Like, but and then it ends as it as it normally ends. So it it just seems like they had a problem resolving this whole Pinbacker f- situation that they put yeah. into the
2: film. It is quite weird how it does feel like studio interference, but it obviously wasn't studio because yeah, the studio wasn't overseas. It's, it's <laughs> like the two
1: key voices Very of the film, weird. like who could just couldn't yeah. agree.
0: Basically, they were just at odds with each other. That's they respect mad. each other, but they were just coming at it from completely different philosophical do
2: you, standpoints. Do you, reckon, do you reckon Danny Boyle just wanted to give Mark Strong a meatier
1: role? <laughs> 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 On meeting him, like, oh my God, oh my God. Right, <laughs> quick script meeting. We need 10 extra yeah. pages.
0: Well, I don't know if the religious stuff comes more from Danny Boyle because as a 14 year old, he was thinking of entering the seminary. Until yeah. he saw uh, A Clockwork Orange, so I don't know if he wanted more of that, of the religious elements in there, and that's maybe where they started to butt heads. But as I say, in this version of the
2: script that I've seen, uh, Pinback is still very much alive. Right. So interesting. There's been this on a couple where it's like, I'd love to sit in a room with either Alex Garland or... Yeah, really yeah, yeah. And just off the record, speak to them and see, like, what, what why why did this happen? Yeah,
1: a bit like um, behind the gloves on Sky, you know, when there's a big boxing fight coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, the round table. Yeah, the round table, and you've got Garland v. Boyle on either yeah.
0: side. Trash-talking. I, I don't think they dislike each other. I think they just found it difficult to marry their two visions for yeah. the film together, and yeah, then yeah. they ended up making a compromise because they respect each other, and then people yeah, yeah. of them are overall that happy with it, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, so.
2: yeah. So th- this <clears throat> film this film gets a shout quite a lot on this pod. Um but do you think Garland this film informed a lot of Garland's Annihilation, yes. which was to follow. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of similarities going on with that film. Totally, this film. it's very similar. It's to this very, film. very yeah. similar. Cool. Um and I just think that's kind of Garland just writing the wrongs of this final act of yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, and doing it in a different sort of sci-fi I don't know. Again, it's to get him in a room and say, "Did you? Did you do this?" Yeah. Which? <laughs> what did you want the end?
0: Of, how did you
2: want that third act
0: to go? Because I think they're very much on. This, they're very much um, as one up until they get back onto the Icarus two, and then mm-hmm. I think that's when the creative
2: differences have, uh, come to the come to the fore. Um, because yeah, we're in the payload now, and it and it yeah. goes off, and um, Kappa manages to say it off, and. He has, like, a lovely, beautiful moment with the sun, doesn't he? He does, yeah.
1: Just... He does. He, he gets that, that thing that Cliff Curtis was hoping for but never got.
0: And, again, like, I think it does recover, the film. It's just... I'm just so disappointed with that 10-minute stretch. In yeah. There where yeah, no, here. no.
1: I like I like the, um, the heart recovers because you've got that um, idea that Murphy says much, much earlier in the film um, in a message to his family that if the yeah. sun is particularly bright one day, you know we made it. And then it cuts yeah. to a lovely closing shot with the Sydney Opera House in the background, but all covered in snow. And suddenly the sun comes up properly and his sister gets to see that. And that's, it's pretty mega that. Pretty mega. Yeah, it's, it's Such a good ending. Really yeah, is, really, isn't it? Really they do.
0: They pull it back. They definitely. They pull definitely it pull it back. Yeah.
1: So much so that um, the pinbacker stuff doesn't spoil it for me. It's just yeah, like yeah. what? Is I just this? wish it wasn't in there. Yeah, yeah. I just it would be and much I better. I think the without. character
0: can be in there, but that would be more for what happened to the crew of the first yeah, yeah, one. After. Just keep it. And on then there. you just science stuff. I'm not being paid to rewrite this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Science stuff goes wrong with that, and then you can still have yeah. the amazing. Spacewalk sequence, and you can still have uh, Mace getting killed by the coolant or what have you. If you really yeah.
2: want it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Science mm. stuff. Because <laughs> the only one who gets killed by Pinbacker is Michelle Yeoh's
1: character, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Although there is an argument that Trey also possibly might have been did Journey by... made it
0: look yeah. like. Although I'm not sure how sophisticated Pinbacker is at that stage to make it well, look no, like. I mean, a suicide. It's not, you know. He's just chilling in the sunroom. <laughs>
1: Uh, Sunshine, best bits. What you got?
0: Um, for me, it's the two spacewalks. So Canada's uh, sacrifice and uh, Kappa jumping onto the back of the payload. The visuals are so arresting. The editing is perfect. The tension builds sublimely and that John Murphy score so the track on both of these sequences is a uh, adagio in d minor and it's absolutely yeah. beautiful and it's yeah. so good my favorite shot in the movie is when um is when killian murphy's uh trying to get onto the payload towards the end of the film and um he i think he makes the leap and he's just screaming directly into the camera uh, because it's almost like that Iron Man
2: cam. I think John is, Favreau yeah. stole
0: this from. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> oh, is. Yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's been stolen since like quite a lot since this, where it's that in yeah in, in the helmet, helmet cam. Cam. Yeah. yeah Yeah,
0: and him screaming directly into the camera as the music builds to a crescendo. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it is and super. I've been listening to that track like nonstop
1: since. <laughs> since <I was laughs> yeah. It's so good, isn't it?
2: How Mick LaSalle can say it's rubbish
1: music. Yeah. Peace right, up. no, he needs to. Uh, it's, again, <laughs> it's a two-week ban for LaSalle, definitely. Um, so, what about you? Uh, my favourite bit, I've got loads, to be
2: honest. I just think there's so much good stuff in this movie that it's it's a shame that this 10-minute pinbacker thing completely derails it. Um, but I think when they all go into the viewing platform and see Mercury pass over the sun. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a great beautiful. Well. That is yeah. really beautiful, and isn't it? that's when for me the, the score really like stood out yeah. because the music during that bit is just like it's it's such a beautiful scene and you really get from that scene that's where you kind of understand why surly so enamored with the sun and yeah the, yeah yeah um, pinbacker was and you just really get a sense of like enamor and awe from from that i, I think that's that's a really, really good scene. There's so many good sequences in this film. There there's, really there's is. There's about five what are yeah. just like yeah. would 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 be the best sequence in any movie. Yeah. But yeah, that, that one in particular for me I think it's really good.
1: Yeah, I do love that. Um and you know, uh, I can't get I can't get further for me than because I loved Chris Evans's Mace character in this. Really yeah. loved it. I thought like he's he's, great, he? he's like a proper backbone for everything in here. But I mentioned it earlier but when he says um about not going home, well just cancel the ticket tape parade. Yeah, he has that, some really
0: good lines.
1: He he field, does, much, doesn't he? Yeah. That but that for me is just oh you're a, you're a dude, you're a movie star and you got yeah, some it, sweet guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he a big movie star at this point?
2: Or no. is this just before he's this a big movie This is before star. Captain America. He's no, been in Fantastic before, Four, like
1: though, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's been in that one cellular with... Uh... Statham. Statham, that's the one, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's, he's obviously got the, the chops. Yeah, he's ace. He's so good in it. Yeah,
0: he? I mean, I'm just looking at his filmography now. And it's like four years before Captain America this, so it's a little while before he pops wow, well, well. because obviously those Fantastic Four films that he was in, they didn't people didn't really like them. I think they did okay business wise, but people weren't massively into them, I don't think. They yeah. he was in street Not another teen movie.
1: <laughs> That's oh, before this. How good uh, is he in that, by the way?
0: <laughs> I can't remember it well enough to oh, be. Oh it's true. a good movie. It's it? a great movie. It's
1: a great it's movie. Great.
3: Really
0: good. He was in Street Kings with uh, Keanu Reeves, which is a oh, big, yeah, yeah. Uh, film. He was in a film Oh called... that's a good film, yeah. Right. He was in a film called Push, which is like a, a oh, low budget superhero, superhero, superhero film, a bit like X Men. He was in another comic book adaptation, The Losers. Um he was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and that seems to have been the turning point then where he played that Lucas Lee character, yeah, yeah, character yeah, right, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah. it's Captain America. After that, and then obviously he's stratospheric from that point. But Amazing. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, he's still very much on the build when he makes this.
1: Right, because yeah. this character could have been played by someone with a lesser strong sense of um, humanity. Uh, could have been a massive turd. You know, just yeah. a horrid person right the way through. Yeah, but yeah. he actually imbues him, it, I think... He's I got love, an inherent
0: likability, hasn't it? he? He yeah. has,
1: yeah. but also in this. I mean, this is as unlikable as you'll ever see Chris Evans. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't help but agree with him. You can't yeah. help but agree you with are, what he's saying.
2: You are on his on his side. With yeah, most of it. And it's,
1: I love yeah, that. He's... You know, throughout films, books, TV, whatever. I love that when you are challenged as a viewer or reader mm-hmm. to go along with someone who you shouldn't really mm-hmm. want to follow, but you can't help mm-hmm. but do so.
2: He's sensible. He is uh,
1: right for your reconsideration. Uh, Say it was your pick, as is per our custom. You will go last, James. What do you think? Fyr.
0: Oh, absolutely. So. This movie is so close to being a masterpiece, and were it not for that baffling 10-minute stretch in the third act, I genuinely think this film would be revered as a sci-fi classic. So uh, Danny Boyle brings his signature visual flair to deep space, Garland's script is bursting with ideas, all the roles are cast brilliantly, and John Murphy's transcendent score marries beautifully with the arresting visuals helping to bring a real pathos and emotion to what is a mostly incredibly pessimistic film. Uh, the miserable tone may not jive with all viewers, but despite that and the wonky elements of the final stretch, Sunshine remains an enthralling watch from start to finish and a must-watch for cynical science fiction fans everywhere.
1: Nice! nice. Yes. yes. Um, I, I'm going to look... Um, technically, this is an absolute marvel. It really, really is anything that can be made in two thousand and seven and still in twenty twenty look like it was made yesterday is impressive. Mm. This is one of the best use of CG I've seen. You know, I'd seen at the time, even now, I just I still can't fault any of it. I just can't at all, and it's because the CG is used in kind of like um, it's background, as you said earlier, site. It's background, isn't it? It's not. It's not key. It's just background. It enhances, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sound design is brilliant. Editing is brilliant. Production design is brilliant. Performances, brilliant. Music, brilliant. Director's stamp is so obvious and brilliant. Um, it's just Pinbacker being a dweeb for 10 minutes. That's the only thing that I can, you know, and being a bacon-headed, bacon-skinned weirdo for 10 minutes wandering around the ship. I can't, that's the only thing. But because it recovers so well and has a lovely coda and a great ending, um, and one that justifies all of the horror that they've gone through, I'm going to let it slide. Definitely reconsider this. If you ain't seen it, um, go check it out. Um, Mick LaSalle, get your head... <laughs> examined um i love you mate but sort it out and um yeah definitely reconsider
2: i uh, just to echo exactly what you guys have said um it's my pick of course i'm going to say reconsider this uh i actually think it's better than i remember to be honest all told because i thought this pin back a bit was way longer than it actually was yeah i found that as if we're talking sort of like technical achievement which you know we generally do and rob you you have touched on that exactly what you said I just think every single person involved in the making of this movie just well and truly delivered and mm-hmm. completely knocked out of the park. I think everything from you know the, the cast, the cinematography, the production design, the VFX is great, the score, the frenetic editing is amazing. Um, Chris Gill was the editor on this who did a phenomenal job, I think. Yeah. Um, Garland's amazing writing and Danny Boyle's, you know he's got a real unique style even though he sort of he does, shifts he? genres he yeah. he still got a really good style you know which transcends genre and, and he can do whatever he wants to do really i just think everything aside from mark strong being a naked raisin. Um, <laughs> really, it just it, it it clicked for me. And you know, aside from that, it is a five star movie. Yeah, you know, that's it is the a thing. classic, like you said. It James. is. Yeah, See, yeah, I, yeah. Agree like, with you. Like, agree with you. Honestly,
0: but... that that this is still, despite that shortcomings. And I should stress as well. I don't think Mark Strong is bad. In this film, no, he's, no, he's not. not at all. At yeah. all. Everything no he's way. doing is absolutely fine. It's just why is it in this film? That's that's yeah. the point that I really want to get that across. I don't think he's bad at all.
2: Yeah, as I say, you know, I remember the final act of this being wholly terrible, but it's not. It's not the final act. It's just ten minutes of
1: it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And it, uh, for me, it doesn't change the out- outcome at all. No,
2: no. but um, yeah, I think all in all, this is this should go down alongside sci-fi classics like. 2001 and Alien and Silent Running and, and those sort of movies. I definitely think it's in that sort of, but to use a, uh, for your reconsideration, favourite, in that wheelhouse. Uh Yeah, um, yeah. We have our own
1: phraseology now, don't we?
2: Yeah, yeah. we do. It's good. We, we could make nice. our own little, like... Uh, little, uh, yeah. like Compendium, perhaps. Compendium. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, I, I, I really love this film. And I, yeah, I'm glad I picked it. I really am. I'm I, glad I you definitely picked think... it. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I've loved watching this. Yeah, loved if you this haven't again. seen it, Anyone who's listening, uh, sorry for spoiling the shit out of it for you. <laughs> uh, <but> please, do, <laughs> please do, please do watch <laughs> it. I, I think it's. I think there's a lot to get from this film. I think it's, um, considering it's 13 years old and it
1: looks as good as anything made today. It's yeah, it's really good. Sweet. Couldn't agree more, boys. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, enjoyed watching that this week. Obviously enjoyed our discussions as we always do. Um, and thank you for listening. Grab us on Twitter at FYR Film Pod. And please, for the love of God, tune in to us next time. Sorry, that, that was a bit bleeding, wasn't it? <laughs> sorry, <Threatening>. A little <laughs> bit desperate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and why not leave us a nice five-star review wherever you listen to us? And when you do so, how about throwing in a movie into the review that we should check it out? um and uh, we'll get on it on here yeah sounds yes. good uh thanks very much everyone say goodbye boys Bye-bye. bye 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 Bye-bye. Sorry, can I just please squeeze this in? I actually saw a fourth thing this week, and it's been killing me all the way through the record. I actually also watched the greatest Bond movie ever made, Licence to Kill, starring <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Oh,
2: Is that Timothy Dalton or not Timothy Dalton? It's a good one. But...
1: It's, of course it's Timothy Dalton. Oh, I thought you said sorry.
2: <laughs> best... I thought you said sorry, Timothy Dalton, as if it was because you were... No, no,
1: no, no. Sorry, Sorry. No, it is Timothy Dalton in the most smouldering, immense... Uh, Hamlet trained I like his oh. outfit
2: he he's got a good spy outfit for it cuz it's not a suit is it Are we still but recording this Body armor <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah, he's
1: oh my word what a film Whew.